This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it is where you're at. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Algets, and with me, as always, is Maggie Lovett. I guess I guess I shouldn't say as always with me because no, you had Perry yesterday. I had Perry yesterday, Uh, but you know, you're my regular, so you get the as always treatment. (laughs) Uh, So today we're going to be talking about. Uh, Blade being rated R. We're going to talk about the Doctor Who Christmas special, probably bringing in uh, the next companion. So that's going to be a good time. But before that, we're going to talk about the Longest Yard re-remake. But before even that, we needed to uh, give a shout out to Bear Dynamic for this wonderful microphones that we use every single day. This is the, I have to actually read it because I have a bad memory, M70 Pro X (laughs) uh, XLR microphone. It is wonderful. It is awesome. Highly, highly recommend it. And I'm not just saying that because they sent us microphones. I'm saying that because I actually, I actually quite enjoy it. I fun fact about me. I have an audio production degree, so I've used a lot of microphones over the years. And uh, I can tell you that this is, this is a pretty solid one to go for if you're going to do content creation or podcasting or whatever else. Uh, so with that all out of the way, Maggie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? 
I am very, very tired. You might notice that I'm kind of in that, I'm in that period of tired where I'm almost delirious. Like I'm going to be talking mm-hmm. really, really fast this episode. So this is going to be a, a really lot. fun, fun episode, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping I'm trying to like, I'm trying to keep the energy up. So I'm, I'm like hyping myself and I'm pumping myself up. Uh, although I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to get a little annoyed here because we're going to be talking about uh, the longest yard is getting another remake because I don't know, we need that. Apparently it's been almost 20 years since the previous one with Adam Sandler. And it was about, 30 years before that when we got the original with Burt Reynolds. So I guess we're kind of due for another one. But, but why? What is it about the longest yard that demands every 20 to 30 years we get a remake of it? Maybe it's because I'm not a sports person. Sports ball and I were not friends, but I, I don't understand why we couldn't have a new sports ball movie with like a new plot and a new story and something, you know, different i i will say i i enjoy the longest yard i enjoy the original more than i do the adam sandler one but i do like both of them but i am kind of with you in that like why do we need another one although i guess you could ask the same thing of movies like a star is born and all these other movies that have had like eight thousand remakes um but really it just it just kind of comes down to the fact that in this business it is a safer bet to remake something that you know at least has some name recognition than do something new it's just it's it's a business play it's 100 a business play um but you know not all remakes not all remakes are bummers not all remakes are uh are bad you know you'll you gotta like some remakes right uh so maggie do you have any remakes that you like Um, You know, I was thinking about it this morning, and the first one that came to mind is that I do really like the remake of Fright Night uh, that Colin Farrell was in a few years ago. I went to the the cinemas to see that and enjoyed that immensely, and I had seen the original one when I was younger, and I thought that was quite fun. I'm also a big fan of any time that they take on an old concept and they don't do like a straight remake of it. So there was that um, Shia LaBeouf remake of uh, Rear Window um uh, suburbia that was really good um that i really enjoyed also saw that one in theater so like i like inspired remakes that aren't like a one-for-one like redo of the first one um and i don't like the most recent star is born remake i really like lady gaga in it but i prefer like the first two uh if i had to choose so i don't know it's a hit or miss uh, but I like when you take a story and try to give a slightly new spin to it. So it's not just a, a carbon copy. See, I, I agree with you on that when it's like we're remaking an old film. But one of my favorite type of remakes, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I did a video for the Collider main channel about a movie called Silent House, uh, which was a 2011 horror film starring elizabeth olsen uh and it was a remake of i believe it was a spanish film uh Hmm. and it was just one of those things where it was like we're remaking it not because this other film is like old but because it was like a foreign film and we want to adapt it for an american audience we've seen that quite a few times in the past uh, and I, I, I appreciate when they do that because oftentimes, you know, we'll be getting a film that we 
might not have seen otherwise. It's kind of backfired a couple of times. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Quarantine, for instance, which is a shot for shot remake of Wreck. Wreck is a lot better. Um, but I do I do appreciate it when they do that. I think that that is one good use of remakes, personally. Um, but, you know. And hey, it makes people go and watch the original, you know, foreign language film, which, you know, I'm always going to be an advocate for watching more foreign language films. So, well, and that's and that is what quarantine actually did for me was that I remember I saw that when that came out and I was like, man, that was fun. But I feel like that could be better. And somebody was like, well, you're in luck because the original (laughs) was better. And uh, I, I am now a big fan of that franchise. So all four of those Spanish films are fantastic. Um, I will say, though, that the Grudge remake, the the first one with Sarah Michelle Gellar, not the re- <laughs> remake, uh, <laughs> is one of, still to this day, of the only movies that I ever walked out of. Oh, wow. Yeah. That being said, I like, I like the original Grudge films. Uh, so. Well. You know, is what it is. Uh, but speaking of speaking of spooky R-rated films, that's the best segue and, that I'm going to do for this one. Kind of remake-ish. Kind of, kind of re- reboot-ish. Uh, Blade is going to be rated R. That is confirmed by Marvel Studios. Uh, I feel like we kind of figured that was going to be the case with this film. Yeah. I'm still I don't not feel like this film is happening, but well, okay, yeah, there is that. It is if the movie even actually happens, because right now it seems to be in not a great spot. But I feel like this is something where Marvel Marvel is in some some hot water right now, and they've been in hot water for a while, not just because of the Variety article or anything like that, uh, but just things things aren't necessarily all peachy keen roses and sunshine uh and so i'm kind of curious if something like you know blade being rated r deadpool being rated r that's them trying something new and then you have the marvel spotlight stuff that perry and i talked about yesterday so you kind of got my opinion on that if this is marvel like throwing stuff at the wall to see if it sticks and see if it like brings audiences back who might have left the superhero genre. I don't know. What do you think of this? I don't know. I I think it's interesting. I mean, we definitely know that there are a number of, you know, comic books that warrant a more mature rating and trying to adapt those and grow up with their audience was kind of inevitable. I think that they definitely, hopefully, maybe, learned that people like more gritty, mature stories, you know, Daredevil, Punisher, um, Defenders, those did well on Netflix and they were much more mature stories with much more mature, you know, violence and relationships and, you know, et cetera. And so I, I hope that they're kind of looking to see what has done well and finding places to kind of utilize that uh, going forward. Cause I do feel like they're definitely in a place where I don't want to call it an identity crisis, but it's almost like senioritis. Like they did really, really well. They're, they're freshmen, they're sophomore, they're junior year. And now they've hit their senior year and they don't know where they're going. They don't have any, they don't have any college plans. 
um, and they're up against a lot of different competition now because you have things like The Boys, which handles a lot of superhero-related stories in really fun ways, the same way that Invincible does, and they're ultra-bloody, ultra-violent, ultra-mature, uh, you know, and people love those shows, and now it's really hard for them to come back and watch things that are more lighthearted and fun and fluffy uh, when they've kind of now become trained to expect superheroes to take things a little bit more seriously. Uh, and I do obviously think the blade warrants being mature and violent because it's vampires and killing creepy creatures. Uh, so it's interesting. I think it's, it's a weird place for Marvel to be. And I hope they do well because I would love more mature stories and higher stakes pun intended um, and I love the original Blade and I love the Blade comics. So, yeah. And I think that that right there is like, for me, the number one reason why it has to be R is because yeah. we did have previous Blade films. And so we know what a hard R Blade film looks like. And oh, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm not going out on a limb. Like, I'm not saying anything too crazy when I point out that I feel like the original Blade was the best kickboxing vampire movie of 1998. Like, I feel like that's not that's not a hot take that uh, is going to upset anyone as there's yeah. like another kickboxing vampire movie that came out in 1998. I don't know. Uh, Gee, but, I wonder what that could have been. Hmm. I don't I don't think that there is another one, but. I, I actually quite enjoy the original Blade. I like Blade 2 actually yeah. a little bit better. Um, Blade yeah, I felt like it, it built on a lot of the things that made the first Blade good and like did it a little bit better. Yeah, and then Blade Trinity was moving on. Uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was what's so funny is like I I had a weird I have a weird relationship with the MCU and kind of Marvel in general, but I do miss and long for the era when the Marvel characters were kind of split across a lot of different studios and a lot of different voices. And I like I like that period of time because it didn't feel as daunting for a lot of people. Like you could go enjoy the Blade movies and never watch another Marvel related movie ever again. And it like didn't impact your enjoyment in the same way that you could go watch all the X-Men movies and you didn't need to be watching what the MCU was starting to do with like the Hulk movies and stuff like that. And you could watch the Daredevil shows on Netflix and like that universe and not have to watch, you know, Avengers Endgame. And so I do kind of miss that period of time. I think there, you know, is obviously something to be said about having like, a brand franchise synergy going on, but there's also something to be said about letting things have standalones. I mean, standalone comic runs are a thing. Naturally, you have yeah. a mainline comic run and then you have some crazy stuff that's happening that sometimes is like an R-rated comic run. And, you know, you have some wild stuff happening and I kind of miss that. And I think something like that could really benefit Marvel where you have a little bit more freedom to just go absolutely wild. Well, and I think that, they could very much still do that within the confines of the MCU. Oh, yeah. They just need to, like, they need to remember, and I feel like they, I'm saying remember because they did this in, like, phases one and two, where, mm -hmm. you know, they just need to remember that they can put out movies that are in the continuity of the MCU, but aren't so rigidly stuck to the main overarching plot of whatever... Mm -hmm saga is going on like we 
we could get a Blade movie where the events of that movie do not factor into Secret Wars at all. Yeah. And all all that movie does tie into Secret Wars is just introducing a character who pops up later. Like, yeah. you know, like it introduces Blade so that he can pop up in Secret Wars, but nothing that he's dealing with deals with the multiverse or deals with Kang or deals with anything like that. There's, you know, no major connecting threads to like movies around it. It's just kind of like, you know, maybe there's like a a newspaper headline referencing like Spider-Man doing something or something. Yeah. And that's 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 your MCU connection to know that it's in the same universe, but doesn't have to be like, so rigidly a part of it. We kind of saw that recently with one of my favorite Marvel movies of like the last decade, which is Werewolf by Night, where that introduced like brand new brand new characters in the comics, a brand new story, and was completely disconnected from everything that's going on in the Marvel multiverse. And it was standalone. There's room for it to gain legs and go walk into the multiverse if it needs to. But it can also just stand alone and be this thing that was like super epic. And I think that they need more things like that, where there is a complete detachment from the rest of it. Uh, because I think it helps people find enjoyment again and get interested and in, like, where could this go without carrying like the burden of the past? Um, yeah, I mean, like it's it's important to have those tentpole films that are building the overarching story, but that doesn't have to be every single piece. Like, just let us have standalone things and hopefully Blade can be that. I feel yeah. like if any film was going to be that, Blade would be. Yeah, I, that's what I've been hoping that it's something very similar to how like Werewolf by Night stood on its own because it is supernatural. It's not exactly like superhero technically, but you know how that like kind of that realm of creepy people that Marvel has that people forget that there's like vampires and werewolves and all sorts of various different creatures that exist and in the Marvel swamp universe. Things and thing. <laughs> like there's so much fun stuff that exists that yeah, I think really benefits as yeah. um, a, like a, its own thing basically. So I'm, I'm yeah. fingers crossed. And it, it, like, and like I could see blade connecting to werewolf by night, but yeah. if it does connect, I don't think it needs to be like, a major it'll be like thing. something about the council. It'll be like a, yeah. a one-off comment about the, the council or something. And that's that's the fun of it, where you have this freedom to go back and revisit it in different ways. Yeah. It isn't like, or maybe you know, maybe maybe you know, Elsa Bloodstone shows up and is like, oh, yes. "Hey, what's up?" And we're just like, "All right, I know you. I'm gonna go slay <laughs> some vampires over here." <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. do the point. Uh, cool, you're here. You said something to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go deal with. Yeah. This thing over here, Dracula's getting up to no good or whoever winds up being the, the baddie. But I feel like Blade is going to connect to the Eternals. It has it, to. I mean, it, unless it's going to. it has to, because I feel bad for the Eternals. Um, it just kind of exists over there. Lots of Somebody at some point is going to talk about the hand sticking out of the ocean, right? Like that's going to be a thing at some point. I mean, it was concurrent with everything that was happening in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and nobody apparently knew. So I don't know. Nobody like I think it it got like uh an Easter egg shout out in I think She Hulk. Yeah. At one point you see like a headline on her computer, like off to the side. I think it says something about like something in the ocean. 
And that's it. That's the only recognition that the events of the Eternals has gotten from the larger MCU. It's a mess. Things are things are a problem. I also really hope that we eventually go back to having Marvel movies where people aren't just waiting for a post-credit scene to tease what's ever coming next. Like, I would love, as much as, like, it's fun to have a post-credit scene and it makes people sit and watch all the people, they're not actually watching. That's, they're that's not watching. Not, right? I'm, I'm on my phone anything. surfing Twitter while those credits yeah. are going. I mean, nobody's actually watching, but I I would like to go back to watching movies and not just, like, waiting for a post-credit scene. Like, I want to be able to focus on the here and now and not have to have, you know, that, like, anticipation that is usually disappointing. Like, there's been a few very disappointing post-credit scenes, and I just don't think they're necessary anymore. I think we've got to a point where we can just be like, okay, that was the end of the movie. We'll come back in a year or so with a new movie. We're not even setting it up because who knows what's going to happen. Um <laughs> So here's the question that I have for you then, Maggie, since yes. since we've kind of been ragging on the MCU a little bit, yes. we do have an MCU release coming up. We do. Uh, are you going to, uh, would, let me, I guess for you, this, this question has to be phrased a little bit differently. <laughs> Um, I feel like this is a setup. <laughs> just because the nature of our job, if you didn't have the job that we have, would you be going to go see the Marvels? Maybe if I had time. I think that's fair. Considering what we do for a living, are you going to go see the Marvels? Maybe if I have time. <laughs> that's it's one of those things where I feel like I have to see it. Yeah. So. Well, it's, I think one of the things for us, especially like in our career field, it gets really complicated when we don't get early screenings because oftentimes our schedules don't like benefit going to specific screening times like when the movie's actually out because we're usually doing other things or like trying to play catch up with life duties. Uh, so it's it's hard when you don't have a screening for things ahead of time. Yeah. It, it, um, it's one of those things where I'm going to have to like try to shove it into my weekend somewhere. Yeah. Easier said than done. Anyways, uh, enough <laughs> ragging on the MCU. I feel like we've been a little, a little. Uh, hey, the mute. MCU knows what they can do to win me back fully. So. A Zemo movie. Yes. You're getting <laughs> it. It's called Thunderbolts. Uh, he's not attached to it, so. If he's not in it, I'll be surprised. He he was not in the initial cast. He's not in the promo art, and he is has not been mentioned at all. So it is. I, I'm cautiously optimistic because I don't know how you can do the Thunderbolts without the leader of the Thunderbolts. As Not, much as I love the idea of Bucky running them, he can't. Yeah. He, I don't think he would make a good leader of the Thunderbolts. Doing a Thunderbolts movie without Zemo in it would be like doing a Justice League movie without Superman in it. Right? It's the, it's the same principle. So he's going to be in it. He has to. He might that. not. He might not be main cast. Like I feel like he'll show up and he'll be like a secondary or primary protagonist or antagonist. Sorry, uh, but he'll be in it. He I, I can be. almost guarantee it. I have faith he'll be in. Now it. that movie I will see in theaters multiple times if that's the case. <laughs> you and your Zemo love. Real quick <laughs> before we move on to to our third topic, just because I feel like talking about this, uh, can we can we draw attention to the uh, Christmas porg that you have behind My Christmas you? Porg. There's also and, a Christmas Ewok. In the Christmas Ewok, what is the thing above it? It's been distracting me. So this is Lise. This is one of the characters from the uh, High Republic animated series. 
who happens to be named after one of the lovely PR people at Lucasfilm. Oh, fantastic. Yes. That would that's why I don't recognize the characters because I have not I have not checked out any of the High Republic stuff, which is It is excellent and I highly recommend it to everybody. I've been wanting to get into it, but at this point I'm a little bit I'm almost too afraid to ask where to start. So, hey, I always recommend the comics. I think that's a great way, especially for people in our our career field who already read comics quite often. I think they're a great way to jump into it and some of the best storytelling that has come out of Star Wars in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, okay, so our final topic for today is the Doctor Who Christmas special seems to be where we are going to get our next companion. Uh, the reason why a lot of people are thinking this is because the name of the episode. The episode title, which was uh, announced just recently, is, let me see if I can pull it up, The Church on Ruby Road, which is like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good episode title, but like, why does that yeah. make us think that that we're going to get our companion. It's mm. because the next companion who is going to be played by Millie Gibson is going to be named Ruby Sunday. So yes, you have Ruby and Ruby. Such a cool Doctor Who companion name. That is a, like, I want a Doctor Who companion who's just named like Beth. Or like I mean, something. I mean, Martha Jones is pretty, a, a Martha, pretty common name. Martha's pretty. And pretty. Donna. I mean, except okay, for Noble. You've but got those two, but then like. Rose Tyler. Tyler's a pretty common last name. But Rose isn't a very common first. I've, I've never met a, a, anybody named Rose. Really? Never. Not well, a first name. Well, you need to get out more. <laughs> I guess so. But anyways, <laughs> Ruby does, does fe it feels like a Doctor Who name. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, has, that, it, it does. has that vibe. Uh, but yes. Yeah, that's so, the name of that episode title. The episode's sounds like such a doctor Church who episode on title. Ruby road yes which will yeah. be uh shooting god was first christmas or first christmas special um i wonder if because Do doctor who christmas specials are often like some of the best episodes of the show honestly and usually uh, mostly devastating um britain yeah. has this thing where if it's christmas everybody has to cry anybody who's watched downton abbey call the midwife doctor who knows that christmas is for crying yeah because wasn't the wasn't the it was during tenet's time the space the space titanic episode was a christmas yep. episode with, and that was uh, like yeah, with Kylie Minogue, right? Yeah, and it was yeah. like for the entire episode, you're like, oh, she is 100% going to be a companion. And, and then, there's that one really good, um, the Christmas one with, um, oh, God, was it Michael Gambon? It, some, it's one of the older actors. It's uh, And the girl with the blonde hair, it's another another blonde. I'm blanking on it. It was another Christmas special, and I sobbed the entire yeah. way through it. 
I I've seen them all, but I'm like completely spacing on most. Of, and also, there's just a lot of Doctor Who episodes that feel Christmassy, and I'm like, is that a Christmas episode? Like the the episode where we get the Doctor's final final like night with River. I feel oh, like yeah. it was a Christmas episode. I think that was a Christmas special as well. Which I would hope so because that was that was soul crushing. Yeah. Um but it could also just be general winter themed. Uh but yeah, so the Doctor Who Christmas special is when it seems like we are going to be getting our uh next companion. So We'll just have to see. It would make sense because, again, it is usually like a big deal and it is usually a big, important episode. Um, that being yeah. said, it's surprising how many people I know who skipped the Doctor Who Christmas specials. Oh, that pains me greatly. Yeah, also, I don't know just, why you would choose to do that. Just while sitting here talking about the name of the episode and that, the fact that her last name's Sunday and it's about a church is also very ironic. I think I think that that right there I mean, is your Russell T. Davies. Yeah, I mean... He ain't slick. <laughs> he was, uh, so, his episode titles were always so much fun. And I love the way that he's been like teasing all of this and like the emoji uses and all of that stuff. The second that he drops an emoji that has a rose involved, I will actually pop possibly combust. So. It's yeah. Uh, so before we go, we're going to let's address some of chat because I have kind of been ignoring it and i feel bad oh about no it. uh <laughs> mr g movie says sports ball as a snide term needs to be banned <laughs> i will say sports ball until the end of time you will take it from my cold dead hands <laughs> <laughs> i just I, I just felt like you know somebody's calling out maggie in chat i figured we should put it go in for it you're not gonna get me <laughs> jeremy jeremy miller thinks that the scarf on the porg is really cute uh and there's quite a few people, several people have pointed out that uh, we don't need, nor does anyone want, a lo another Longest Yard. That is actually <laughs> quoted directly from Darb Tales, but quite a few people have shared his sentiment throughout. There were also quite a, a couple of people, actually it was just Jeremy Miller this whole time. Jeremy Miller <laughs> posted several uh, remakes that were good examples. Disturbia, Dread 2013, and The Departed are all remakes that are worth your time. Definitely on the Dread 2013. Although calling that a remake, I think, is a stretch. I would just call it an alternate ad adaptation of the Dread comics. Mm. Uh, the Departed, yeah. I often forget that The Departed I is did, a remake. I forgot that too. I forgot that <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, uh, and before we go, uh, something that I'm going to be pushing all month. Obviously, it is November. And November is a time of year where men... Uh, we'll spend all month refraining from doing a certain thing. Um, I will uh, inform you now that it is not the one that you are thinking. It is No Shave November, not that other thing. Uh, oh it is God. No Shave November, and that is something that I personally take very, very seriously. So, uh, And the reason for that is because... Uh, it is meant to raise awareness about prostate cancer. So I am going to, once I pull it up here, uh, I'm going to drop a link into chat for the American Cancer Society, for a place for you to donate to help with cancer research. Uh, it is something where if you, if you can donate, by all means. If you can't, just 
spread the word, spread some awareness, get it out there, and let's see if we can uh, get rid of cancer entirely, rid that evil, evil blight from this planet. Um, it is something that is personal to me. I've had several family members who have had prostate cancer, so I try to push it every single year. That's why I'm sorry. I'm going to get worse looking because my beard <laughs> grows in like kind of grossly. As you can see, this is not, this is not attractive. Like I'm, there's a reason why I'm single, uh, <laughs> but it, it'll fill out and then it'll, it'll look good. Uh, but so I'm going to be scraggly all month and that's why, because it's, it is no shave November. At least that's what I'm telling everybody. <laughs> this is all just an elaborate ploy to make up for the fact that I don't want to shave. That's what this actually is. <laughs> you actually found it no shave November for that exact reason. Yes. I'm, I'm going to take total credit that I did that and not, someone probably way smarter than me <laughs> but anyways uh tomorrow will be maggie and i again and we're going to be talking about quite a few exclusives the collider has gotten uh different stuff coming down the pipeline we're going to be talking about enola homes 3 uh chronicles of narnia is getting a remake we should have probably talked about that during remakes but apparently like it slipped my mind uh and so much more other stuff that you can get out there and you can uh, check out so be here tomorrow uh and give it a watch but until tomorrow i hope you have a wonderful rest of your eve or evening afternoon whatever time of day it is uh and we'll see you tomorrow hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.